Hello, how are you? My name is Sasha Boloff, and this is You Had Me At Oh No. This is a podcast about revisiting romantic comedies of yesteryear and talking about them with a queer perspective. These movies are typically heteronormative and chock full of very cringy moments that would just make you say, oh no, what the fuck are they doing? Why did they write this and how are they getting away with it? But there is a reason why we chose these movies. It's either at one point we really loved them or we still kinda do. But before we get started, let me tell you about us. I'm a Seattle native and I write music and perform under the name Stress. I am trans and I'm queer and my pronouns are she, her. And my co-host is Dylan Lacey. He's a comic artist and head cook at Cafe Racer. He's trans, queer, and his pronouns are he, him, or they, them. So this is the first episode, aka the pilot, and we kind of wanted to start off with a bang. So we're doing the movie High Fidelity. And High Fidelity was a movie that I loved as a teenager because I saw myself as a angsty artist with great taste. In reality, I was just very sad and confused. And not unlike John Cusack's character, I had hardly any accountability and nothing was ever my fault. But hey, Jack Black and Lisa Bonet are in it, so that's fun, right? Anyway, without further ado, let's start the podcast. Hi, welcome to You Had Me, Oh No, I'm Sasha Boloff. I'm Dylan Lacey. Um, so, you and I watched High Fidelity. Mm-hmm. Um, I have personally seen this movie, I want to say, um, um, I want to say ten times. Uh, this is my second time watching it. Okay, so clearly I've seen this movie way too much. <laughs> way too much than I should have. Um, is there a certain amount you should see a movie, though? I don't know. It depends. Um, uh, it would, the, the amount of times I've seen it would insinuate that I love this movie, which I did. I did love this movie a shit ton when I was younger. Uh, but... I don't know, what did you come across as, uh, would you, what did you, what did you get from after watching this movie the second time? Um. Just like, just like feelings. Like, did you, did you like it or did you not like it? I love hated it. Love hated it. And it made me angry happy. And <laughs> the very, very end, the very last scene. Wait, 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 we'll, we'll get to that. I'm not gonna ex- describe okay. it. I was just okay. saying, like, that part made me happy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the whole rest of it, I just wanted to strangle everybody. <laughs> and I actually want to talk about that ending, but we'll get to that. So, um, right now we're just going to start off with... Um, so, it came out in 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, a year before 9-11, never forget. Um, it's true. Look on Wikipedia. <laughs> Why are you always fitting 9-11 jokes in this stuff? What? This is, I've never made a 9-11 joke ever. You always try to, and it never works. No way. I've never made a 9-11 joke. Um, That's because they've never been funny. <laughs> so, um, so I'm just going to read like the plot synapses from, according to, I think this is uh, on Google, I guess. Um, Rob Gordon, John Cusack, is the owner of a failing record store in Chicago where he sells music the old-fashioned way, on vinyl. Although they have an encyclopedia knowledge of pop music and are consumed by the music scene, 
It it's of no help to Rob, whose needle skips to love groove when his longtime girlfriend Laura, I mean, oh, I can't even pronounce her name. It's, um, wow, Laura walks out on him as he examines his failed attempts at romance and happiness. The process finds him being dragged, kicking, and screaming into adulthood. Uh, you're looking at your hands right now. I have glitter on them. What did I touch? Oh no, something really gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I just secrete it now. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so yeah. Um, I think I've I think I've talked about this before. Like the more I've seen, the more the more times I've seen this movie, the less I like it. Um. And I think a lot of it is because, uh, A, I'm growing up, and also I don't identify with that character like I did when I was a sad teenager because, oh, fuck, I'm not a dude. So the less I detached myself from who I used to be, the more I stopped liking John Cusack's character. I, when you said the whole thing about the reasons you might not like it anymore. Mm-hmm. When I first saw it, I didn't like it. But that was only a couple years ago. Yeah. And then this time I saw it, and it made me all angry, and I didn't like it. But I think if I watched it, like, you know, probably when you first watched it, yes. <laughs> then I, like, I, it would have been angsty and thought it was cute. And then, he getting his way? And I think that I've dealt with too many dudes exactly like him mm-hmm. that watching the movie later on in my life I've like I've seen it all yeah <laughs> every goddamn thing he pulls I've seen it well that's I'm the, not happy about it well that's the thing about his character like I feel like he um, he's I'm not sure if the intent of the movie is to make him like an anti-hero or to make him um, likable like if they were glorifying this like whiny sack of shit loser so. like I'm not and I'm, I'm not sure that if was the a intent. thing at the time like that was yeah. everybody liked that but there's definitely dudes out there and I'm still trying to well there's definitely people that are either him or people that like say that like oh I actually like John Q John Cusack's character uh, Rob as it says uh, in uh, this fucking <laughs> computer that I'm looking at right now. Um, but, so, okay, so so we'll take it to the beginning of the movie. So the beginning of the movie starts uh, with a breakup. Mm-hmm. And you're not really sure what it is, like what the breakup is about. But John Cusack's character doesn't give a shit. And he says something along the lines of, um, while she's leaving, like, if you really wanted to fuck me up, you should have left, like, a week ago or something like that. Um... Should have gotten to me before, and then it was the last girlfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he had his top five of the worst breakups ever, and number five, he was like, you know, if you should have gotten to me before she did, and then, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's all like, Ooh, fucking, you're not going to hurt me. And so we don't know at this point um, why the relationship ended. Mm-hmm. Um, we end up finding that out a little bit later down the road. Well, it kind of like gradually like describes it to you, like first from her side, then from his side, then from yes. the reality of it. <laughs> but the the movie, the setup of the movie initially is like he is a sad sack in an angry sack, and then she left him. Yeah. Um, doesn't really 
doesn't really show Laura's in in the beginning really much at all. You just no. see her leaving. Yeah, you see her leaving, and then you see everyone else. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't come back until like she comes back. So he starts like talking about. Um, I think like what it's supposed to be established is that like he is a very um, jaded person when it comes to um, just relationships in general. Well, jaded in general. Like, that's yeah. all part of his whole sad sack thing. Like, I don't have to do anything because I'm bored and sad and everyone's going to hate me, but it's fine because I hate them too. Like, that whole personality of edgelord kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and so, basically, so it starts going um, initially, uh, it doesn't really start going back into. Um, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> It's a fly. Oh, yeah, I have fruit flies. <laughs> yeah, my apartment has fruit flies. Um, so does mine. <laughs> so does the guy. I mean, it's the season. Tis the season. Tis the season for fruit flies. <laughs> um, but he doesn't really start going back um, to revisit his past romances. Um, I'm trying to remember what happens before that so well because so he describes like the top five and then he really like sits down and ponders and bitches and like complains to his co-workers and then comes he starts going into like okay here's the top five and you know what actually number five i just put on there to like bump her out of place but actually and then he kind of starts going into like his side of what goes on with laura yeah yeah so, um, so initially, like, he's not really upset with her at all. And, um, because, like, he's already just, like, an unhappy person in general. Yeah. But what really, like, sets him to even think about, like, I'm just trying to remember what was the catalyst of him even thinking about, like, his top five. Well, he just moves a list maker. I mean, he did that throughout the whole thing. He was like constantly like, okay, here's oh, the right, playlist right. list, here's the ex-girlfriend list, here's the this list and the that list, and he just had a ton of lists. Yeah. That was like, and they would do the Monday morning, like, top five songs about this, and then they have the whole top five songs about death, and then Jack Black is just Jack Black. And... How do you feel about Jack Black's character? I have a lot of feelings. Can we get to that later? Okay. <laughs> so John Cusack starts going down this list, and um, the the first person was like I think it was like oh shit, I don't remember what her name was, but like his high school or maybe not even high school. It was it like school. seventh grade? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they made out under the bleachers, and then she made out with somebody else. Yes, and he says something along the lines of like. You would think, like, the older I got, like, we became more sophisticated and such and such and such. But, like, it's like a piece of that day. Well, it's just, like, the fact that, like, one of his top five breakups was when he was in seventh grade. Just, like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) And was it even technically a breakup? No. But, I mean, like, does, like, is there there such a thing Also, was him as a child played by Drake Bell. (laughs) (laughs) Another kid says the word slut. Oh, yeah! Yeah. I remember that. Which was, like, one of those, like... Rude. <laughs> it was one of those, like, those scenes where it, like, gets a quick laugh in the theater. Mm-hmm. Where a kid, like, a little kid just goes... 
I'm broke. Where the cute little kid goes, slut. I mean, like the like cheap laugh, yeah. But yeah. also, I don't know. Um, kids shouldn't call kids sluts. That's rude. I know, slut <laughs> Um, why did yeah? <laughs> um. So so basically, he he starts to go down this entire list. Um, throughout it, like it's. Oh, I wish I had my fucking nuts. I'm going to edit this anyway, so it's not going to be like these weird, awkward guys. Okay. <laughs> Unless I, I think they're funny. Um, oh, why can't I think right now? Take out the part where I said the gallery has fruit flies. I said your place has fruit flies. It does. I'll make sure it's tight. Okay. Um, fuck. Why don't I take notes? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna look up the synopsis too so I have it on deck. If I wasn't using fucking two bells Wi Fi. <laughs> I mean, I'm using it right now as well. That's right, Lisa Bonet's in this movie. Oh my god, Lisa Bonet in this movie. I think she was a Gemini. Let's take a look. Her character, I don't know about her. Oh. Particularly. Of course she would be a Gemini. Was Lisa Bonet the manic pixie dream girl? Um. No, that was Charlie. Well, Charlie did, did, um, I guess we can talk about it. Uh, <clears throat> you know what, forget Um, let's do the marker right here. Um, so, but you said you, you, you hated Love It. So what was, what was something that you hate loved about the movie? Well, I like it. I loved the end. I mean, I have love for the end. I don't yes. love the end. I love the end as a friend. Like, you know, it still makes me mad because I had to sit through the whole movie and it's, like, not that cute, but it's, like, kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just the end? That's all you love? Was just the end? And um, I, I did, like, um, what were the two co-workers, Jack Black and the other guy, what were their names? Did you say, Yeah, I remember you telling me he looked like an egg or he was, like, an egg-shaped person. No, he's not an egg-shaped person. He just seemed like... You know, an, an egg, like the the baby queer is just gonna come out. Oh, any minute that type now. of egg. Oh, yeah. I thought because he was bald. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not a nice thing to say about him because he's bald. Well, yeah, he's an egg. I mean, he might be. I mean, well, that was like so the whole the sensitive his one. whole character would have been perfect. Like it was totally set up for that. Like. 90s stock indie gay dude coming out like throughout yeah. the whole movie and then you think it's gonna get to that point and then he meets Annie yeah and is like oh you know I'm dating this girl and then like that's where his storyline ends but it's like up until that part where she came up and asked him about Green Day I was just like egg 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 stiff little fingers <laughs> it's like Green Day in my opinion <laughs> are both by two bands uh, The Clash and this band called The Stiff Little Fingers, which I would argue, I would say, 
more Husker Du, but I'm not yeah. in the movie. <laughs> um, and this could also be a music podcast, but... It's not a music no, podcast. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I don't know, he could be trans. There could be a high-fidelity uh, fan fiction where he comes out as trans. Should we just be writing, like, reciting high-fidelity fan fiction now? It just be, it would just be, yeah. so we just follow him. Yeah. His character, uh, what's his fucking Dick. name? Dick. That's right, Dicky. That's right. That's what Jack, bye. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's what, that's what he, that's what he calls him. Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, so, so basically, like, he starts going down through memory, starts going down the, uh, his past and all his quote-unquote failed romances. One of them I thought was really fucked up was um, the girl that he was dating in high school where, like, all he wanted oh. to do was fuck her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was... That one hit pretty close to home. Yeah. <laughs> it was... Yeah. That was, like, one where it's, like, I kind of had a little sympathy for him up until that point. And yes. I was just like, you know what? Fuck this character. Because even after she told him what happened to her, yeah. he was like... Oh, well, it wasn't my fault. Okay, later. I'm yeah. in a better mood now. While well, she just had, like, this huge event, like, triggered for her. And, like, it was just like, wow, this guy has, like... No, like... No tact, no sympathy. No. Like, total... Sociopath. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even, like, before he even sees her, like, just, like, the way it's set up mm-hmm. is stupid. Well, it's like, it's that whole, like, team boy who just wanted to fuck her, da, da, da. Yeah. And it's, like, that makes sense. Like, you know, you'd hope that a character would grow out of that and be like wow i sure was an asshole when i was a kid but the fact that like not only was he an asshole because he was still upset that she like had sex with somebody else but he was an asshole in the fact that when she told him that it wasn't consensual he was just he didn't even think about that he didn't take one second to think about this poor girl and what she went through while he was crying that like she broke up with him when he broke up with her and so she just has to go home and like live with that again and like have that all brought up and stuff and he was just like cool it wasn't my fault i should have done this years ago and like not even like the flashback even paints it even that well either because like they're like kissing at her like doorstep oh they even say that like breasts or property and never like he oh, like totally oh that's refers- stupid yeah that stupid analogy where like he was like um uh, trying to go for like second base yeah and then going straight to third base it's like some stupid analogy is like it's like being refused like a dollar going for 10 grand or some shit like that yeah and then like even before that he was talking about how she wouldn't let him get oh, to second right. base and he yes. was like you know they're like it's the property of everyone like that he like totally referred they to belong to us and they we belong want to us back. Yeah. yes yes which um, was super creepy but like but the scene where like where like he kisses her at her doorstep yeah and then he goes like whatever doesn't really go anywhere and he walks away with like he puts his hood up, and then she fucking slings down. She goes, Rob? Oh. And they show that scene yeah. within the flashback. And this is way before, like, you find out that, like, what she went through because of that. And, like, it's supposed to be, like... It's, like, supposed to be, like, they take a light hit at it. It's, yeah. like, not a serious thing at all, but you're just, like, witnessing her implosion. like. But, like, yeah, and, like, I don't even know, like, even, like, because it's happened so early in the movie. Yeah. Um, and, I, yeah, I don't know, I don't, like, it doesn't, it doesn't, they don't hide it, it seems like. 
I feel like it's one of those things that is either the people making the movie tried to like give the viewers more of a benefit of the doubt, like, oh, they'll see this and realize right away Rob's a dick and yeah. like feel really like strongly for this character, but also the fact that she never really shows up again except for when they're going down when he's actually going down memory lane, that like they just put it in there as like a <laughs> crying girl, like yeah. this happened, like And what's 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 interesting is that like she was still down to meet and like had dinner. Yeah. And they were having a good time. She had like a family and stuff now yeah. and was like married with kids. Yeah. yeah. And they were having a good time until he brought that up. Yeah. And then like and then of course she yeah. she, she she reacted uh aptly. So I just like felt for her like that entire time I was just like what the hell and yeah. then the fact that he like gets up and skips away like cool like I did nothing wrong when it's like you're doing something wrong right now by ignoring yes. rape culture but that's not about what this movie's about <laughs> yeah um, so throughout all this like him like reconnecting with like his like past mm-hmm. interests um, uh, Laura starts dating. Uh, fucking dude that I can't remember the name of. Ian. Ian. Uh, who was played by uh, Ooh, I had this right here. I had this here. I am so professional. I have actors <laughs> and stuff uh, available. Fuck, why can't I remember his name? But anyway, Ian, which is... We're just really bad at actor names. <laughs> but like, he's... But like, he... Um, is so ridiculous. He serves as a refreshing, like, comic relief because he's yeah. ridiculous. Like, uh, like when like his phone rings and he freaks out at the dinner table and then like, like slams it down and like take and he inhales and exhales and it's like is almost to say namaste and he goes back to like smiling and stuff. Yeah. Um, which I I I find his character really enjoyable. Um. Even though he's fucking a stupid hippie. <laughs> um, I think his character serves its purpose. Yeah. I personally, like, hated him. Why? Because he's, he's a hippie? No, just because... Tim Robbins. Is his name Tim Robbins? Mm-hmm. You, I, don't, I don't know. Shit. Why is my internet not working? Because it's T-Bell's Wi-Fi. <laughs> don't tell... Don't tell the podcast world that where I get my internet from. <laughs> Don't sell me out. It's not Two Bells Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Charlie is like the one, like the like for like what is what's like the fucking proper term for what Charlie represents. Charlie represents um, like the like the the. I guess you said it like a, the manic pixie yeah, dream girl. Yeah, she was. I mean, she's sort of the manic pixie dream girl. Less friendly though than I think those are typically. She was. Yeah, written. she was. But like, she was the interesting and worldly, and he like. Oh, um, so with the count of how many times they call something gay, they didn't call anything gay in this movie, but they did use the word exotic to describe women on three different occasions. But so. She was the exotic, like, and she knew so much about art and music and culture and had all these everything friends and these parties. Was huh? interesting and everything yeah. was funny. 
And he, like, tries to change because of her, which I guess fits it into the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. But then yeah. what he was changing into was just a shitty art punk. So. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, I used the analogy, like, I felt like um, a fraud. I felt like I was the type of person that shaved my head and claimed that I've always been punk. Yeah. Um, and he was like, I was des- I was like, I was just, I was, uh, I was positive or like I was sure that like she was going to like leave me for like one of her uh classmates like art classmates it was like one of her the people she worked with because I think she was a designer right or something but I don't know we don't we have a terrible memory of all this movie (laughs) we just watched this movie I know (laughs) um but like yeah so like and 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 she does yeah, and the the like it, it like that's and every almost every John Q sixteen it's him in the rain screaming at a window something yeah 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 in the rain wet and screaming and he yells Charlie you bitch let's work this out which is his character in that show <laughs> I, I didn't even like catch why that was weird he just yells Charlie you bitch let's work this out. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and we don't end up finding until later that uh, she's a terrible person. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, she's a terrible person the way he's a terrible person. Part yes. of me thinks that they were, like, they were perfect for each other. They're pretentious. They only talk shit. They think they're the coolest people in the world and no one's as cool as they are. And then, yeah, I think that they were perfect for each other, actually. Yeah. <laughs> But they were such awful people that as perfect as they were for each other, they still repelled each other. Yes. Yes. So, um, and then there was, uh, oh, fuck, why, I'm so bad with names right now. There was, there was that one interest that he had where, um. We wouldn't know his name if it wasn't for Google. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to see what her name is. Um. Probably should have took down better notes or notes in general. Can we like just cut in us saying the names during all these parts? Of course, I'll, I'll <laughs> edit the shit out of this. <laughs> we won't make it sound clean or anything. Also, they're not going to be. This is not going to be released um, uh, linearly. Yeah. Like I'm going to pick and choose which one comes out first, which comes out. So this could be like the B side. <laughs> Um, it could just be entertaining. Like, it's, and it's funny that this is not live, so it's good. We're good. We're okay. fine. Um, what were we talking about? I'm looking up the names of the ladies. Anyways, so there's Charlie, and then there was the last one where he thought they were perfect together because they were both so sad. Yes. And they both agreed that they were sad. And they were they also were just... only 26. Oh my god. And part of me is like, hmm, huh, <laughs> well... I'm going to change my life now, but also it was like, that's really funny. Because it was like, yeah, we were like, we're just the kind of people that are afraid of dying alone when we're 26. That was the line. Yeah. That was the line that clicked. <laughs> and then she finds someone. Yeah. Which is actually... And then she loses someone. Yeah. And then she is not in a great place when he meets her. Mm-mm. And I think this is the only time where he actually seems like a decent person. Yeah. Um, of course, when somebody's not having, like, a good, like, of course, when somebody is not 
really doing really well, he's sympathetic. Yeah. Well, because he's never doing... Like, that was his whole thing with her, was they were the same. Like, they're never doing well. We're just going to be sad together and, like, that whole thing. Yeah. So, like, he can relate to her because he is her. Yeah. As with all the people that were happy, he's going to, like, go through and trek mud all over their lives and then walk out because, you know, he hates himself. Oof. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, I think, is that everybody? Did we talk about everybody? uh, So it was Laura, um, the girl whose name, I'm pretty sure it starts with a J, who they were all sad together, and then Charlie, and then the girl in high school, and then the girl when they were in seventh grade. So that's five. That's the top five. Okay. Yeah. But then, um, uh, but then... Lisa Bonet's character was outside of all that. Yes, but then, but so, but Laura finally makes it to the top five um, because she starts sleeping with Ian. Yeah, which drives him crazy. And he like never his like bot- she she the person who was originally on the top five that she bumped out of the way. He said that he had just added her to the list so that Laura couldn't get on it. Like, so it was petty. totally petty. And and then, he's not telling anybody but, like, the audience of the movie he's watching. Right? Like, he's just so petty. <laughs> he's being petty to himself. The, um, the layers of petty. So many layers of petty. That's all this movie is. It's just fucking petty. And he he gets there... Because he's also, like, John Cusack's character is constantly fucking bugging her. Yeah. Constantly calling her, constantly talking to her. Yep. And she is actually incredibly incredibly patient mm-hmm. she's incredibly patient she's a lawyer yeah she could have just got a restraining order and yes yeah and suffered him way too much than she needed to yeah um and when he finally finds out like he literally calls her to meet her at a fucking restaurant mm-hmm. clearly this is in the 90s when this was filmed yeah because that would never fucking happen this no. would all this happen would all text. in a text yes and, and um meets like ask her to meet him at this restaurant and he's fucking wet because it's raining or whatever and then and all he does when she sits down was like asked her if she slept with him yeah and she goes like what do you want me to say and he goes that you didn't and it'd be the truth and then she goes i can't do that and he has like that weird like flinchiness and then flips out and leaves yeah, well, because there was that part, so right before that, they had met up, and he asked, and she said, no, honestly, she hadn't. So between, like, the couple of days they hadn't seen each other, yeah. she had slept with them. So he's, like, all thinking, like, oh, I still have a chance, because they haven't slept together, but it was also, like, dude, she said, yet. Like, you had a talk with everybody in the record store about what yet means. Yes, but also, like, she, what she said, too, was... That, like, they haven't had sex yet. Yeah. But they slept together. Yeah. And then she goes, honestly, I prefer sleeping together. Yeah. Because she, no, she, so she meant, like, I prefer sleeping with Ian as opposed to with, like, because he was asking which sex was better or whatever, and she's like, well, we haven't had sex yet, but we sleep together, and sleeping next to Ian is better, which, like... I guess, like, kind of just shows, like, the deeper inner workings of, like, how selfish his character is and stuff like that, whereas, like, hmm. you know. 
Interesting. I read it more as that she would rather sleep with somebody than have sex with somebody. Because that's more intimate than having sex with somebody. I think... Maybe. Like, I don't know. I think just the way the question was posed originally made me think that it was, like, comparing the two. Hmm. Because he was asking for, like, a comparison. Maybe we should have written notes. We did write notes. That's right. We did write notes. And then then that, that pesky dog... Knocked over the ink jar. Damn dog. Damn. No, no damn dogs poodles. are damned. I just want to say no dogs are damned. All dogs are all, the best. All, all puddles, dogs are good boys. Puddles had to like knock over it's that jar of ink. And then of course the, it was the type of ink that was incredibly flammable. Yeah. And then also um, it was disappearing ink. It was disappearing ink. <laughs> and also um, a. Uh, a mini tornado happened in my apartment. Mm-hmm. That I saw that. And it went into the toilet of, of all places. Yeah, and it just flushed right down. Yeah, I think they called it a... Don't. <laughs> Don't. I think they called no. that a shit devil. <laughs> God damn it. Um. <sighs> so, okay, so... Okay, now, okay, now you have to talk about Jack Black's character. <laughs> I, I just, like, I can't, but also, like, I can. His character. Mm-hmm. I feel like I am that character sometimes. Like, that's why I got fired from my last customer service job. Why? Um, I don't know, that, like, goopy, pretentious, but I'm not trying to be pretentious. I'm just trying to, like share stuff kind of thing where it just ends up you sound mean but really you're just jack black and you know playing air guitar and putting stuff in your belly button apparently (laughs) hates bell and sebastian (laughs) i love bell and sebastian but like he's just so i I like him i like his energy yeah yeah i like he he turns off bell and sebastian because he's like it (laughs) sounds like ass or some shit and then he puts on walking on sunshine yeah which is like the most like <laughs> like 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 you might as well be like playing like uh what i lied to you by the arrhythmics what i lied to you or maybe like um something like can't drive 55 by uh sammy hagar those all invoke the same images for me for whatever reason. Just like that weird thing. I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> stop recording music podcast in the middle of our movie podcast. <laughs> it is high fidelity. I and I told you I did identify with John Cusack's character a lot when I was younger. Yes. And 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 look and honestly, like I think um, that's because of just. This movie does literally, like, pave over, unless you're really paying attention, his really shittiness. Like, it does, like, it it glazes over um, everything that's really terrible that's going on and everything terrible that he's doing. And it's not, like, it's it's not, like, covert. Yeah. It just doesn't really call attention to it. Yeah. Um, Unless you're paying attention. Um... Which is why I feel like a lot of people still see themselves as the John Cusack character. Which is, he's not really like, 
his character, and I was thinking about this earlier because we were talking about the, the, the trope, that sad male that needs to be rescued by a manic pixie girl. <laughs> but he's not that archetype. He's not... No. He's, he's, he's angry and I he's bitter. He wants to be the guy, but he never has been, and he's bitter because he's not. Like, yes. he... With Charlie, he was looking for someone to save him and make his life interesting because he was just always so bored. And then... He, like, loses her, so now he's like, you know, it's not fair. I don't get any, like, interesting, perfect women, and I'm an asshole, but, you know, they should just like me, like, kind of attitude that he's not so much, like, the, like, sad boy trope that, like, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl was created for, but more like that, um, where do MRAs get their drinking water? (laughs) Oh my gosh. From a well, actually, <laughs> kind of guy. <laughs> yes. And I think, I think, um, I think John Cusack's character is a product of never getting a maxi, uh, a maxi. Let me rewind that. Cut this. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a product of, John Cusack's character is a product of a dude that never got a manic pixie dream girl. Well, it's not, I mean, I feel like that implies, like, that you need one or everyone yes. deserves one. But I think he, I'm sure he thinks that he But does. he's was definitely a product of that like of the culture that says Manic Pixie Dream Girls are a thing and yes. if you're sad enough someone will love you and yes. make you happy. And rescue you. And rescue you from your own mediocrity. Like <laughs> that was he like the reason why I get so annoyed with him is because I've seen it in so many other people mm-hmm. and those people like they feel entitled. Yes. To, yes. They, yeah. So his entitlement. That's yes. what his whole character Perfect. is embodying. Entitlement. He's he was entitled 100%. to the boobs. He was entitled to this girl he'd never met making out with him on the bleachers. He was entitled to Charlie's intellect and blah, blah, blah. Entitled to, like, you know, he's wasting Laura's time throughout yeah. the whole thing, which is like, I don't know. Are we ready to talk about the end or how much time do we have? What's going on? And it's funny um, how... Like, the more you're watching the movie, the more you're getting sick of him talking about Laura. Right. Like, because you're watching Laura get sick of him talking about her. Yes. Like. And, like, you, like, he's, like, it's so funny because, like, towards, like, like, and Joan Cusack is in the movie. Which is, I love Joan Cusack. Yeah, she's great. Voice of reason. <laughs> forever. Like, I yes. feel like if, if God is real, like. Whatever gender or whatever God has, it's Joan Cusack's voice. Yes. Yeah. No, it, uh, God's gender identity is Joan Cusack. Yeah. Like, pronouns like, he used. God could be that cloud, but, like, when the cloud lights up and lightning strikes and the big booming voice, it's yeah. Joan Cusack's voice going, You moron! <laughs> <laughs> How could you? Yeah. So it's funny because like you are essentially being beaten in submission by Junkie's character about Laura, yeah, and constantly being told about Laura, and he does admit faults of, in the relationship he has with Laura, mm-hmm. um, and she explains it while talking to Junkie's sex character. Mm-hmm. Is it an accident? Do you think by the Cusack parents that John and Joan have a similar name? Um, I don't think it was an accident. I don't think kids normally get named by accident. I mean, not accident. (laughs) I mean, coincidence is what I meant. Um, No, I don't. I think that the relationship between them is too close for it to be a coincidence, Mm -hmm. seeing as they were 
you know, brother and sister. So their parents were just like, Joan, Jan, That Jacob. won't get confusing. Jacob Wait, I'm going to see if, if they have another sibling, if it's also a J name. But anyway, <laughs> uh, while we looked that up, <laughs> um, using my really bad internet that will, where I get from will go on... Disclosed. Secret stolen Wi Fi. Secret, secret, secret Wi Fi. <laughs> that's the that's the name. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> secret secret Wi Fi. Um So yeah, so so of course, um so Laura, Laura's character, her father dies. So <laughs> it basically this is basically the catalyst of them getting back together because he shows up to the funeral and he, according to Laura, he didn't know that um, Laura and Rob were broken up. Like, yeah. he believed that they were still together. So, it's reason to believe, because there's not really... He liked him. He would have wanted him to be there. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no really... I don't think in the movie they talk about how long they've been together. But it's, it's they give you reason to believe that they've been together for a long time enough yeah. to um, have a relationship with her parents mm-hmm. and for her parents to like have a relationship with rob yeah outside of her and yeah yeah um sorry this just we're going backwards a little bit this just jumped in my head talking about the entitlement part where like the first person that like he calls was um when he was in seventh grade he calls uh her mom and right and just assumes that she's still living at home and yeah. like and she married and then her mom was like she married her first boyfriend blah blah oh, blah and he blah. was so angry he was like well technically he... I was the first boyfriend uh okay bye bye <laughs> like it even matters who the first boyfriend was like she got married Kevin that's what it was yeah she married Kevin he says it like that word Kevin <laughs> Well, yeah, this is an example of how unfucking entitled, entitled yeah. he was. Because he's going to argue with, like, the girl he made out with in seventh grade. The mother mom. Yeah. About who her first boyfriend was. Because, no, me. Yeah. It was me. Like, she gives a shit. She even, like, like shuts yeah. it down. She's like, okay, bye-bye. Like, she doesn't okay. give a shit. <laughs> Later. You're right, wrong. Bye. bye. <laughs> um, so, okay, so going back to the funeral. So, basically, um, he shows up and uh, being fucking... Rob and shit, and then of course Joan being hilarious, and like, like we like they're like talking, like Joan's talking to like a mutual friend I would assume, and um, she's like, yeah, Laura's just been going through a lot of things lately, <laughs> and John, John Q's actually just like, it's okay, I'm just staying right here, like because like, it's obviously about him, yeah, like, and she's yeah. like, actually we're not, yeah, we are talking about somebody, we're talking about Laura right now. Like, quit making it about you. We're at her dad's fucking funeral. Yeah. Quit making it about you. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, spoiler alert. Um, they end up... She has, he ends up leaving in a fucking rainstorm because it's And he's sitting in the rain and tries to hide under a bench. Yeah, gets all muddy. Yeah. And then she picks him up. And then with his sad, wet puppy dog eyes. <laughs> yeah. And then they have sex. Mm-hmm. And they're back together again. Yeah. And, of course that fucking thing happens where a new interest comes in his life that like 
basically strokes his ego about like immediately after yeah. yes mm-hmm. after the because entire this movie. entire movie is about him wanting something more than what he already has and yeah. now like as soon as he finally has the thing he wants like the the music writer comes in yeah yeah and then um and then of course like they have that talk where like john and uh rob i should be saying rob and laura have the talk after like he was making a mixtape for the writer. Yeah. And she, Laura asks Rob, was like, what are you doing making a mixtape? And then Laura goes, uh-huh. Well, okay, one thing, I know this shouldn't be what kills me, but this kills me. Mm-hmm. He totally sets himself up for that when he's like, oh, isn't it? I'm just ready for this music writer. It's like, why don't you just say that an interview, I'm in an interview and I wanted to put like a playlist to it or I wanted to like share something like, Make it something about your career and the interview. Why do you have to make it weird and pretty much admit to Laura that you were interested in someone else? That's just like a rookie mistake. And I sound really creepy saying that, but... Or maybe he's just like... I mean, like, it's clear he's prone to um Like, he was looking to start a fight with that. Yeah, yeah. self-sabotage. So, so, so basically what happens is, um, after that, they... I'm trying to remember timeline wise. Does does he propose to her after that, or does does she book? Yes. Does she book? The, Wait, the no. Show she booked the show first. First. So. So yeah. yeah. So they booked the show, and he's getting mad at her about it, and then he's like, "I don't want to be single anymore. Let's get married." And yeah, and it's like. But like, but you, you, so we were talking about this, this idea of like her booking the show. Yes. Do you think it was cool or not cool? Of her doing that? Yes. Um. Like if someone did that to you, would no. you be pissed? No, actually I wouldn't be pissed. Neither would I. Yeah. Like seriously, if I've been like touting my whole life that I'm like this creative, like genius or whatever that I know all this stuff about music like and I just wouldn't get off my ass to do something about it if someone threw me into the lion's den like that like yeah I'd be upset at first because oh my god what if I embarrass myself but also in the end I'd be like grateful that that happened like he got a chance to like DJ again he's getting his label off his label off the quotes off the ground like helping this band and it's just like everything he's been bragging about doing about who his personality is for the whole movie she's finally like you know what if you're gonna talk like this you're gonna actually get it done here's what you're doing why I can see that that would be like kind of shitty like get out of my phone kind of territory Mm -hmm. it's also like get off of your ass rob um and then he proposes to her yes um because like uh because like this like whole like mixtape thing such and such and this music journalist and so he proposes to her Mm -hmm. and she basically just goes like well sure well i think it was more um, I don't think she says anything. I think she basically says, I've never really thought of you as a safe bet. Like, forgive yeah. me if I never thought of you as a safe bet. And I don't think she really answers it. I don't think so and either. so... What was important was that he asked. He, yes. like, said something about yes, that. Yeah. He goes, like, did you, she goes, did you think that I would say yes? Mm-hmm. He goes, like, I don't know. I just thought the important thing was to ask. 
And then she goes, well, you asked. And So she never answers him? Well, so the, the, the whole record release or the EP release party that she booked was actually a veiled, like, romantic gesture. Because what she ended up doing was she hired Barry's band mm-hmm. to play the song <laughs> that, is, that Rob has established as their song. Which is um, that Marvin Gaye song. Wait, she put that together? Mm-hmm. Oh. Because she, she... I thought that was just a Jack Black thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, she hired Jack Black's band. Yeah. And then So it's just Rob, implied that... Yeah. So Rob was basically trying to uh, bribe him to not play. Right. And he's like, why wouldn't I do that? But it was awesome. basically, she hired their band, his band, to play that song that John Cusack's character deemed as their song as a romantic gesture which is actually incredibly romantic i can yes that is incredibly romantic but how did did she like prove that there was there like any evidence in like the the body language or anything that she hired them to do that because i just kind of assumed that they went on and played it anyway because that's something that character would have done like he just went on and played the show anyway after he was asked not to oh it was so basically so what happened was so she told him that um, Barry's band was playing. Yeah. And then he got upset. So when he starts... So Rob introduces Barry's band as Sonic Death Monkey, which has been established before where that's what Jack Black's band was going to be called. So um, Jack Black says, thank you, Rob, for the like very warm introduction, but tonight we're going to be Jerry Jive in Uptown 5 or something yeah. like that. And then immediately when he starts playing Let's Get It On, Rob's, like, reaction is like, what? Like, boo? And then realized that, like, it was, a, it was set up by Laura. Like, yeah. it, was, it was set up by her as, like, a romantic gesture. Okay. So that's, like, I think that's the closest to a rom-com that movie gets is, like, right and at the end. And that's the part that I liked. Yes. I like the fact that she got him off his ass to do the actual stuff. I like mm-hmm. the fact that, like, there was the song and dance number essentially (laughs) like i like all that and but 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 also i mean it's like it's kind of a weird rom-com ending because like you don't i mean yeah they're together but they're you don't know if they're happy or if they're just tired like yeah i think i think more of i feel like that is probably the happiest that they've been um, happy but, as he'll ever be. But I'm wondering why the fuck did she even do that? Like, I'm wondering why. What was what is, what is about Rob's character that she would do that for him? Well, there's also the fact that we don't know anything about her character because yeah. all we've like seen is him bitching about her and her avoiding him or coming back to him. We know nothing about like her backstory, which she could have been like famous for these like grand dramatic gestures, but he just never noticed. Or he just, like, sat around or didn't reciprocate or stuff like that. Like, she could have just been a sweetie the whole time. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Like, they may kind of paint her as, like, an ice queen throughout mm. the whole thing. And, but, like, I don't know if, I can't remember if there's, like, implication that, like, that would seem like something she would just do, you know? Burp. My phone just went off. Burp. What's that phone? Um... Okay, yeah, so that's basically the movie. Like, any final thoughts? Like, um, how do you feel? Was there anything 
Um, coming from a per- queer perspective, even though we talked a shit ton, would you recommend this movie to anyone? I mean, it's kind of a classic. It is kind of a classic. And like a dear friend, Beth, has said before, everything's problematic, so... I mean, everything is problematic. That's why we have material for this podcast. There you go. <laughs> um, that's why our, our next episode is going to be Airbud. I would not recommend this... <laughs> would you say? <laughs> minutes of laughing can that be how it ends <laughs> yeah i think it's a good epi- a good way to end the episode yeah okay well that was another episode <laughs> of you had me at oh no i'm sasha boloff i'm dylan lazy and that's the podcast we did it gang that's the first episode in the can ready to go so we'll probably be releasing a new podcast every week or every other week Um, We're not sure yet, still working out the kinks. And hopefully this will be on iTunes by the next episode. Um, I guess a few plugs. Uh, Be on the lookout for uh, the new Stress EP, She Heard Me You, which is coming out really soon on Yellow Year Records. And if you want to check out Dylan Lacey's art, visit his website at dorkusmonsart.com. That's D-O-R-K-U-S-M-O-N. S-A-R-T.com. You can also see a lot of his work at Pushpole in Ballard. And if there's a movie that you want us to talk about, send us an email at queercast at gmail.com. And that's queer spelled with three E's. So Q-U-E-E-E-R-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Alright, well, until next time, bye.